Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Warcraft podcast, so you don't have to. This is the instance. Hey, everybody, Scott Johnson here, and a little something different today. Um, we're actually doing a regular episode of the show on Sunday because we had uh, to move some stuff around for schedules. Uh, but Garrett had this awesome idea since he has finished the recent book by, by Christy Golden. And so has Patrick, that he and Patrick would put their heads together and record uh, a relatively short, about 30 minutes or so, episode of the show where they discuss that book and spoilers there within. So if you haven't read the book and you still plan to and you don't want to hear any of that, now would be the time to check out. But uh, I'm actually really excited to hear this. And uh, I haven't finished the book, so I couldn't be a guy in there. Why would I be? I'd just talk about nothing. (laughs) So anyway... Sit with me, won't you, and listen to Patrick and Garrett as they discuss what they learned in the most recent book about World of Warcraft from Christy Golden. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone. I'm assuming that this is on the instance feed, which means it's odd to hear this voice leading anything. But I'm Garrett, and I'm sitting here with Patrick Beja. And since uh, the instance is uh, happening off schedule this week, I, I sent you a poke, Patrick, because you and I started to get into a bit of a, uh, a discussion about the new World of Warcraft novel Before the Storm on the last episode. And you had finished right. it. I hadn't. And we were also trying not to spoil the living hell out of the book. <laughs> So I guess now what we're going to be doing is uh, you have finished it and we are going to spoil the hell out of it. So if you don't want to know what happens in the novel, which, by the way, has very little impact, I think, or direct impact. It's not the the pre uh, the, I it feels like the events that start uh, the expansion aren't the direct result of what happens in uh, the novel. So I don't think it is super spoilery for the expansion itself, but it is definitely spoilery for the general, well, for the book itself and for the uh, general story of World of Warcraft. Um, so should we, so spoiler talk starts now, right? Yep, we're good to go. It, All right, gloves are so off. Good to go. Gloves are off. Kalia uh, Manithil is uh, raised from the light, undead <laughs> abomination we've never seen before. Uh, wait, wait, before before we get to that, um, <laughs> when we were talking about it last uh, week, you, I, I was saying, I was disappointed in um, the the way Sylvanas was portrayed. I think is the best way of of putting it. I think her motivations are a little bit unclear and a little bit difficult to relate to most notably because the conflict that opposed the horde and the alliance at the beginning of legion were very compelling in both 
um, camps. And this time it feels like you understand Anduin, but you don't understand Sylvanas. Do you concur now that you've finished the book or do you have a different view? I feel like I for the mo- I understand Sylvanas, uh, but I still feel overall it's uh, cookie cutter. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a little by the numbers, a little like shallow. There's not a lot of nuance there. Like Sylvanas is just dark, almost for the sake of being right. dark. Yeah, uh, and and I think that's what bothers me. Like she's a banshee, fine, but it's like if Garrett, uh, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> if Garrosh, not Garrett, the, the illegitimate child between Garrett, Garrett and Garrosh, um, if Garrosh hadn't been the super dark evil war chief of the Horde, I think I would have thought Sylvanas as a an evil war chief would have been super interesting. But doing this a second time after Garrosh feels like too much and... Also, she's just, I mean, I understand she's a banshee, she's, she's the dark lady, all of this, but she's really just evil, it is, and it doesn't jive for some reason. I'm, I'm more or less with you, and I'm a, I'm a big Sylvanas fanboy, and like, I don't want Sylvanas to be good, like, I want Sylvanas to be dark. Right. Like, Sylvanas needs to have uh, a, an edge, and like, she, need, she needs to be a, a, a difficult character, especially for the Alliance to deal with, and, and certainly accomplished in, the, in this novel, but uh, honestly, her greatest, I would say, <laughs> crimes or actions in this novel are against her own people. It's not even against uh, the Alliance, which I guess... In that regard, I, it, it is more interesting, and that's where I almost found the nuance. I was like, oh, man, by the end of this book, Sylvanas is just going to attack the Alliance, and we're going to have this black and white right. reason for uh, the battle outside of Lordaeron. One of my biggest concerns, which was having an extremely dull reason for the battle of Lordaeron, uh, had been more or less quelled. You mean because she attacks the uh, desolate council and not the Alliance citizens, so she's really just not... Uh, uh, giving Anduin an opportunity for, you know, or even a reason to start a war that he doesn't want to start. More or less, yes. Um, but right. but I'm still concerned about, like, it seems like if the burning of Teldrassil happens after this, which we are assuming it does. Well, yeah, it, she's it does. Still it does. just, she's just declaring war at that point. Well, I guess we don't know what happens then and why the burning of Teldrassil happens. So I would suggest we stay on uh, the book itself because then, you know, we haven't seen the cinematics. No one knows why uh, that happens. Um, but for the, the um, for the, what happens in, in that book, I feel like Sylvanas is not even trying to unite the Horde or to like, because as you said, we don't want her to be super nice Lady Sylvanas. All of a sudden she's uh, Thrall 2.0. But it's not really interesting if she's just dark. And I feel like she's just dark. Like she goes to Orgrimmar and she hates everyone, right? She doesn't want to work even with the trolls or the Torrens. Like she despises the Torrens. She uh, 
she despises the the goblins, but she works well. Well, everyone despises the goblins, but everyone um, for like even Anduin is like goblin racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone is goblin racist in this book. It's it's I'm sorry, like Anduin, who is the biggest Boy Scout ever, which was like my, the other thing that kind of kept me from enjoying this book a little too much. Um, even he is just like, yeah, goblins, they're not the. They're not the best of creatures to work on. I'm like, oh, yeah. come on, Anduin. You're supposed to be you're supposed to be woke. I have to say, um it bothered me way less than uh Sylvanus's attitude, but Anduin is definitely super goody two shoes boy scout. Well, and you, you, I mean, you understand he's what, eighteen? Um, so you understand he's still bathed in the ideals of his priesthood youth um but like his idea it, it i don't know if the whole idea that we're gonna get people to meet with their undead um relatives i like that but it kind of didn't sit well with me because it's like so no one has ever spoken to an undead like they are everywhere. You quest with them. You like the, I understand you can't have everything fit together because the world is so wide and the lore is so wide. But that revolutionary idea of having Stormwind citizens, uh, Stormwind citizens go and speak to their undead uh, forsaken relatives and be like, oh, my God. So they are not bloodthirsty monsters. Some of them have feelings. It's like. You didn't know? It's been like 15 years, dude. It's It feels a little bit like retconning something a little bit. Oh, that, that, that's funny. That didn't really bother me at all. Cause really? It, it, it'd be one thing if like Anduin was having this discussion with heroes of the Alliance that are essentially surrogates of player characters. Because yes, we as heroes in the story, I, I'm saying like whether you play Alliance or Horde, for the sake of this discussion, right. assume you're playing Alliance. Yes, you've been out there and you've... you've, you've uh, You've dealt with some undead, especially if you're a priest, that they're all over the Netherlight Temple. Um, but uh, like, yeah, like a baker in Stormwind, I don't think he has ever had a reason uh, <laughs> to cross paths with a member of the Forsaken. <laughs> I guess a baker in Stormwind, but like Anduin himself realizes when he meets Arth Archbishop, what's his face? Uh, he's like, oh, oh foul, yeah. But Wait, he he speaks normally and he's like, you know, he he didn't he really acts like he didn't know. And everyone in the higher high command of of the alliance is like, "Oh, they have they behave normally?" I mean, anyway, it's a, it's a bit of retconning that I think is not super skillful. But um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Again, I would I would defend it as saying that like we're dealing with general populace here. We're not necessarily dealing with soldiers. No, but the command the command structure of Stormwind and the Alliance doesn't know is what right. it feels like. Yeah. It's not what it feels like. He discovers that undead have <laughs> feelings. I keep saying they have feelings. It's like undeads have feelings too, or at least forsaken. Um, when he meets the Archbishop in the Netherlight Temple, you know, right. and, and he's stunned. So well, it's, it's not just the bakers, but yeah, okay. but it's, it's, it also has to do with who Fowl is and his history with the founding of the Knights of the Silver Hand and sure, all of that, sure, like, sure. like the importance of this and that he really hasn't changed, that he's the same person as a forsaken as he was as a priest in life. I did like that they explained how they were sustaining the life of the undead, of the forsaken through, you know, like uh, suing on uh 
sinew and tissue and muscle and like different hands and the fact that they they are actually rotting it's much more um chilling than when you see the characters in the game of course they're like half rotten but in in this way you kind of understand what they are and it does explain a little bit of the urgency for sylvanas because they've been undead for i don't know 10 15 years and they're starting to like literally rot and and break so she wants more people because her people are are being destroyed um so it does explain a little bit of her of the urgency i just wish she had been collaborating a little bit more with the with the horde it's more that actually the fact that she doesn't even like the horde she doesn't seem to like the horde at all yeah, that's that's kind of what bugs me too. Like she has, the, the, you, can, you can tell that there's respect there for the Torin, but even then, like, it, well, I don't know. With the Torin, it's almost a, a disagreement of worldview, where the, you know, because the Torin are are the, the, probably the most neutral of horde races, right? Like, because they're so honorable and they are so in touch between their druids and their paladins with the life of the world um, mm. that it, it they're just. They're not as like bloodthirsty as some of the you know more traditional horde races like orcs and whatnot. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I it's I actually kind of enjoyed that flavor in in the storytelling of of Sylvanas just not being happy being an Orgrimmar because I as a horde convert I hate hanging out in Orgrimmar. Everything's made <laughs> out of like dirt and sticks, and it drives me banana. Like I would so much rather be in Undercity or Silvermoon because I find the architecture so much more visually pleasing. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, so to me, I'm just like, yeah, Sylvanas gets it. The horde. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. It's not stone. just being unhappy to be in Orgrimmar. It's literally like you can feel the distaste and the stink in her nose when she's speaking to anyone who isn't a forsaken from Undercity. Right. That's what bothers me. But yeah, and I, I, get, um, I get that. And, and yeah, and at the end of the day, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Like she's just unsympathetic. There is it is yeah very difficult to see her side of the story. And I do see it. Like I get it. I like the fact that she again going to the end, jumping back to the end of the book. Uh, you know the fact that she kills her own people. You know the the members of the Desolate Council who she thinks is defecting. Uh, like I understand well, it. I understand why. I get the motivation. It's just that it's it's it seems like a little much. I understand that she would kill them if she thinks they're defecting because she's just that kind of dark lady. Um, but I think it's also an excuse to get rid of that uh, alternative power structure which she feels is threatening her position and her authority. Yes, so, I, I agree. And the, and the book leaves that ambiguous. It's kind of up to us, the mm -hmm. reader, to decide, like, well, did she really... Because she kills she kills members that are running back to the wall. She kills members that are at the wall, at the horde side of things, that actually listen to the retreats being sounded. Right. Uh, and to the point where Nathanos, which I don't know if that's a correct way to pronounce it or not. I've read it. I didn't listen to the audiobook, and I don't think I've ever heard Nathanos' name said out loud. But whatever the case, even him, who's like the creepiest dude yeah. I've seen in World of Warcraft, <laughs> is like, oh, wow, you, oof, that's a little, that's a little much, <laughs> Sylvanas. Yeah, so maybe there will be some kind of redemption. I can't remember. Maybe it was you who was saying it. Maybe there's going to be some kind of I think it was redemption or unexpected arc for her during the expansion, which might make it worth it. But um, I, I hope I, so. I do want to. Oh, go ahead. Because I, I really hope so. Because you're right. Like to, my biggest complaint is that like 
I'm of two minds. Like, I want Sylvanas to be dark. I think they're going a little too dark. It's a little, like, ham-fisted, like, Sylvanas is bad, and wins good. This is the setup for BFA, and it's like, no, this is World of Warcraft. It's supposed to be more nuanced. Both sides are supposed to be equally relatable and fallible, and I'm not seeing it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like the, the the where I was seeing it in the horde was in the desolate council was seeing the forsaken portrayed as human, for lack of a better word, and uh, we we killed them. <laughs> we had the leader of the yeah. horde murder them in cold blood or lack of blood because they're already dead. But you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I do feel like the Desolate Council was a really interesting piece of uh, of the of the Undercity. I'm a little bit sad that they had to go. Um, but maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe they're painting a very black and white picture and they're going to introduce some nuance during the expansion. Maybe that's going to be an, a, a cool um, arc for those characters during, uh, you know, that we're going to live through as uh, player characters. So that's possible. But um, I, I do want to get to to Kalia or Kalia. Kalia? I've always Kalia said Kalia. Uh, again, I've only ever yeah. read it in text. It's Kalia. Um, but before that, what did you think about the uh, unlikely gnome and goblin couple um, side story? Heartwarming and the shining spot of this book. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I, I thought yeah. it was very fun. Um, like, it was just, this was the quirkiness of World of Warcraft, like, given, a, I thought, a very entertaining spotlight. Because um, if, you, if you had that removed from this book, this would be an extremely dark book. Like, and, <laughs> and, and there's a, there's a quirkiness, quirkiness um, that, that's really exhibited the most by the small races of your, your gnomes originally, and then goblins when they were added as a player race. Um, even though before they were a player race, it was still around, you know, with engineering and whatnot that I've always really liked. I've always liked the kind of weird, goofy, funny side of wow. Uh, and the Warcraft, you know, universe. And I, th I thought this was, uh, this was a pretty good, a pretty good job of kind of capturing that and, and kind of being a little heartwarming. Also, Chrissy Golden does romance really well. Uh, one of my, like one of my favorite parts in this book that I wasn't expecting to care at all about is like the 10 pages we get of Caligos and Jaina meeting back up. And that's because I liked, oh, that's true. I liked Tides of War so much. And Jaina has just fallen off the face of the planet in World of Warcraft. She like, where the hell has she been? Like they destroyed. It's this huge turning point for her character and they have done nothing with her since then. Um, yeah, I so I listened to the book. I I listened to it on uh, Audible, and I have to say I I had forgotten about that Caligos uh, uh, Jaina moment, and I I I didn't I don't really think uh, Christy Golden is super is fantastic writer. It didn't come through uh, at least in this book, but that passage like seriously brought I, I was listening to it i was like oh yeah Kalek, sure whatever and then she shows up so and i think by the end of it i was like oh my god he's he's holding her hands and and she's she, she gotta go away like i was misty and it was really effective um so i will grant you yeah she she does romance or at least that part was really good yeah like, um, I, and it was something i'd kind of forgotten about and and, and again it like surprised yeah. me that i was invested still because now it yeah. suddenly tides of war just came rushing back um and i just think that's a fantastic book i still and this like blows everyone's mind i still have not read the arthas book which everyone knowing what a fanboy i am is like a you like mm -hmm. chrissy golden b 
you're like one step away from getting a, a Arthas <laughs> in a heart on your butt tattoo. Uh, how have you not read this? And it's just, it just, it, when it came out, it was, a, I was, it was, a, uh, I was busy and just never got around to it. And now it just seems almost too late, but yeah. I love Tides of War. Like of the Warcraft books I have read, that's my favorite one. And, and that one little passage, I'm like, crap, that's right. I am invested in this relationship. More of this, please. I haven't read it. Maybe I should go and uh, seek it out. I, I, I I actually I only started reading books, um, well Warcraft books, <laughs> uh, with uh, Illidan last year or two years ago because I thought they did such a great job with the podcasts. You know the um, which one is it? Uh, when when Gul'dan is super angry and he's like, "That was not me." You know, oh yeah, it's, it's like him descending into the tomb of Sargeras. Into the tomb of Sargeras, exactly. And I thought it was great. Anyway, so. I only read that one. I, I started reading the trial one. Um, which one was it? Oh, War Crimes. War Crimes. And I felt it was so uh, uh, copied from an actual current uh, 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 trial room. I felt like I was watching a legal show on <laughs> ABC or something like that. You know, it felt a bit weird. Um, but maybe I should go back and 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 listen to War Crimes. Uh, not War Crimes, but uh, Ties of War and maybe another one because I kind of enjoyed the two that I've read now completely. T- Ties of um, War is, is, I think, really great. Um, it, it has such a good set piece. And, and I feel that they gave Golden more to play with. Um, right. Where, whereas as this, this book, Before the Storm, it... It feel it's just it's like a too little content spread out over too many pages. It is, yeah. It did feel like midway through, I started thinking, wait, so that's that's the only thing they're gonna do. I I, I felt like they they were gonna do a lot more with the story and with the characters and like and and it it all centers around that plan uh, from Anduin to have the the you know undead and and alive meet. And it is it, it is a bit thin. I agree. I think uh, uh, Christy Golden was given very little to convey whatever she wanted to convey with. It, it felt um, a lot to me like the the modern uh, Star Wars novels that are coming out. Some of them are amazing. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it seems like they like they're so afraid to give too much away about the next big movie, or in this case, it feels like they're too afraid to give much away about the next expansion. Um, mm. That, but they still want a novel length. Uh, book on the market and so it, that's 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 the for me that this the, my single biggest gripe with this book is like i felt like i read sylvanas's rules for meeting your loved ones four separate times and it was like i was just reading <laughs> the same thing over and over to the point where i was in the head of the desolate council member where i'm just like yes i get it i understand <laughs> the rules shut up <laughs> like move on uh, and the same thing with Anduin. Like, we get the same inner yeah. monologue of Anduin over and over again in the middle part of this book, and it just drags. I agree. I agree. It it was a little bit too thin. Um, but we did get some really cool moments, like the Netherlight Temple. Uh, I guess you go there when you're a priest, maybe even. Is that your, uh, it's the your order class hall. hole? Yeah, it's the order hall for priests. Okay. It's, it's rad if you uh, haven't gone. Uh, if you've got a. I, I should go. I do have a, a, a priest. Maybe I did go, but I don't really remember that it was that because I did like five different. Uh, uh, initial you know the beginning of the class uh, order hole quests uh, in a row but um so we we do that and then we have kalia uh menethil whom we meet um 
And, and, did we know she existed, or is if you that played a semi red? If you played a priest, she shows up very, very early on in the Class Hall campaign uh, when you meet with Fowl. Uh, so it's kind of revealed that Fowl is alive but a Forsaken, and that he has been working with with Kalia Menethil, who is uh alive and still a human and nothing bad really ever happened to her and she's and so this is the for if you're listening to this and you haven't read the book and you don't care and you listen to it because you just want to find out what happened Callie Manithil is the sister of Arthas but did she exist before Legion or did they just say that she had that Arthas had a sister when Legion started no it's, it's always been canon that Arthas had a had a sister it's just okay we all okay. it was assumed that she perished in the scourge right. is like siege of Lordaeron. Of course, of course. Uh, right. But so, so what is a bit retconny, although since they never really did anything with their death, it's kind of up to them <laughs> to make it whatever right. they want. Right. So, so, so she's just not dead and she's a priest and she is hanging out in the, uh, Netherlight temple and she's having fun with Fal and everyone else. And then, I mean, what she does during that thing, like thinking, Oh, this is my destiny. I have to, uh, get people to to <laughs> to defect essentially. How did she think it was a good idea that she she even a uh, golden even writes it in at some point? She's like, oh shit, why did I do that? She's thinking to herself, I was taken by the illusion of something, and that was really dumb, or something to that effect. Yeah, um, I, I, and then, I more or less bought it. Like I I think that's that's where to me where this book goes. It gets good, which sadly is in like the last 30 pages. But like when Kalia makes that decision to try and I guess save uh, the, the desolate council in her, in her eyes and, and bring them into the Alliance and, and whatnot. Right. Like it, I remember go- reading it and when it dawned on me and I was just like, well, I'm a slow reader. I guess I'm going to be up till 1am. Cause it, it was, <laughs> it's beca- it finally becomes a page turner at that point. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. shit. Sylvanas knows who that now is. She has dealt with uh, a coup, but once before, <laughs> like she's got this. Nothing good will come of this. Yeah, and no, I I understand her her reasoning, her thought thought process. I just think it's a dumb thought process, but I understand why she goes through that. Um, but but so so then she dies, killed in a very dramatic fashion by Sylvanas. And and she delights in the inflicting of suffering, which, again, I understand Dark Lady, all of this, but it, it just makes it difficult to get behind her. Um, yeah, and that's where... In a way that it wasn't before. That's where I think in her monologue would have really helped. Mm. Uh, the, the big question is, is, did she legitimately think that this was a usurper challenging her? Or... Did she just see this as a convenient way to kill the members of the Desolate Council uh, and 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 be justified in her actions? Well, I mean, she clearly um, she says, holy poop, not in those words, but holy poop, Kalia uh, Menethil is alive. She has a claim to the throne of Lord Iran. Uh, and essentially my people are her people, except they're a little bit undead. Um, she is a rival and I have to get rid of her. I mean, she doesn't say I have to get rid of her, but when she kills her, you understand that, you know, maybe that's a good idea anyway. Um, yeah, but so yeah, it's a Kalia win-win dies, Kalia dies, uh, and then by some kind of magical miracle, 
but that's fine. Uh, no. Foul and and uh, is it just him and Anduin? Doesn't matter. It's, a bunch of priests. Yeah, it's Anaru. It's Anduin. But the big thing is that the book explains it as a mix, like a combination of the light and void, resurrecting Kaliamenophil. Right, and she is resurrected not as an undead, but they say basically she's raised by the light and not by undeath, which we don't know exactly how it changes. I guess she's just going to be, her skin is going to be perfect, and uh, she's going to have <laughs> some kind of uh, light aura uh, instead of decomposing flesh, I suppose. Um, Maybe it's But not her a... heart doesn't beat, she's not, like, she's not alive, she's undead. Um, so, I... I you know, I really liked the fact that they brought her back because she was a really interesting character and it's a great uh, piece of WoW history. I was, when Sylvanas killed her, I was disappointed that they would get rid of that character in the same way that I was disappointed they got rid of the Desolate Council. Um, I thought, you know, I understand story-wise it makes sense and it builds tension and, and uh, the arc is interesting. But Kalia was really looking forward to play, uh, to meet in the game, you know? And when she died, I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess we're not going to get to meet her. But now actually we are. And that is a great way of, you know, getting the novel to provide uh, a story and content for the expansion. Yeah, yeah, and and it it leads to a it it makes the sieging of Lordaeron a lot more interesting, have a lot more stakes. Yes, or, like there's there's a big part of that now. So like we're we're assuming they're successful because we know that the maps are divided, right? We know that the Eastern Kingdoms belong entirely to Alliance uh, at the basically after the starting events of uh, Battle for Azeroth and that Kalimdor. Uh, and the western portion of Azeroth belongs entirely to the Horde. So we're assuming they're successful, right. which means I am assuming Kalia is reinstated like to the throne of Lordaeron, which I'm guessing. If yeah. that if that happens, like oh, that'd be so yeah. cool. They're like a Menethil sitting on a throne again and also having two kingdoms of of, of men. Like humans. It it and and you know, she's gonna I mean, I I don't know that every undead is going to to leave uh the undercity maybe some of them are going to stay maybe they are because they are citizens of lordaeron and as sylvanas feared um kalia is a, a legitimate heir to the throne maybe maybe they're all gonna go and she is going to rule over you know the remaining citizens of lordaeron who, who took refuge in stormwind for example um but she is undead she could be like the bright lady like uh you know sylvanas is the dark lady that that sounds very much um like the Lord of the Rings with the Dark Lord and the Bright Lord in in Shadow of Mordor. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, but well, um, it's also it's it's Warcraft. It's pretty pulpy at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, but uh, but yeah, it's it is very interesting, especially since now we we've known for a few months that uh, that um, uh, Lord Aron was going to go back to the Alliance, but. Until then, and even after, it, it felt like Lordaeron was lost. That was it. You know, it was the Undercity. It was undead. It, it was not going to come back. And these kinds of uh, maps, sorry, maps and story alterations, we haven't really gotten used to it. We've we've had 
added um, content. We've had added uh, even, you know, the capital cities for the um, blood elves and 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 uh, gold people <laughs> and Renai. Yeah. Uh, were added. This is like literally altering the the landscape. I guess the cataclysm did that as well. But like you you see what I mean. It, it it's removing a capital city and replacing it with something else. I'm also very curious to see what's going to be in its place. Is it going to be Calia Menethil's uh, kingdom now or queendom? Yeah, that, that's what I'm, I want to see as well. And are, will there be defecting? forsaken to the alliance like are there are, is there going to be an alliance forsaken allied race is that possible because <laughs> we have the blood elf model as void elves i guess i guess that could be possible i was gonna say no but if but the, yeah i guess they're void elves they're kind of blood elves they are straight um, up like they're just the high, the blood elves are high elves like it all stemmed from high elves right so it's it's right. the high elf model which is a blood elf which is also a void elf because that's also what illyria is mm-hmm. i mean she's literally the sister of sylvanas um, yeah so yeah we're already no, i guess maybe we're already mixing that... it and and while it, while they I, they I think they went to greater lengths to differentiate the models the uh, the night fallen are just the night elf model They've just elongated them a little more. The animations are exactly are the same. Yes. Oh, right. It's the same rig, but the model is very different. The model is minorly different. They're just a okay. little bit stretched because um, they're a little mm. taller and more like gangly. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so that that's a big question um, as well. I don't know, but I'm very glad that we're getting, you know... It is cheesy and it's like, oh, a Menethil that isn't dead and it's calling back to Arthas again. Yes, of course, I understand. But those are the characters we love and um, I, I'm really glad we're getting that. At some point, I almost thought that there might be romance brewing between Kalia and uh, Anduin. You're not She's alone. She's twice his age. but She is twice his age. and that, I mean, that didn't stop Star Wars, but... <laughs> um... Wait, which... Well, between freaking like Padme and Anakin in the prequels, like the age gap oh, is so much that in yeah, okay. Phantom Menace, you see a boy with a grown ass woman. And then That's the true. next movie, suddenly they have a romance. You're just like, wait a minute. This is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's 18. It's fine. European. It doesn't seem like it's. Uh, it's going to be going forward. Maybe it is. But I. I oh, by the way. I really liked the, uh, and it infuriated me as well, the subplot of Anduin needs an heir. And he needs to, at the very least, designate someone uh, to take his place if something happens. And the 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 way uh, Gen says, dude, I don't want to have to deal with a nobility dispute if you die. Sure, I'll be in charge for a little bit. That's fine. But what happens afterwards? Every noble of Stormwind is going to show up and lay a claim to the throne. That is would be a horrible situation. We need to do something about this. Designate someone. And he's like, oh, I can't think about it. I don't want... And, and I really wanted to slap him at that point. I understand why, but that was infuriating. Yeah. Yeah, to a certain degree, but... I don't know. It's it's right. It's just that <laughs> again. I was like, let's move on. I don't really care about this. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It was that part was. It was well written. And the the if anything, like I I think a lot of my like 
pushback to this book obviously comes from my own kind of desires and wants for the story mm. of Warcraft. And like, cause I came out of this book being like, man, Grey Mane had a cool arc. And that also makes me mad because <laughs> like at the, at the end of the day, I could be like, yeah, Sylvanas, Sylvanas like is kind of evil. Yeah. Sylvanas is kind of evil, but at least Grey Mane is basically like a dog Nazi. Uh, but they <laughs> took that away from me at the end of this. Even Grey Mane is like, even I am a somewhat relatable character that you can feel sympathy for, but not Sylvanas. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I think ultimately, uh, the takeaway from this book, um, there's uh, good and bad, I, I would say, was much less enjoyable than uh, Illidan was, but because Illidan is such a great character and the you know demon hunters have a very compelling um, ethos, it was enjoyable. Um, but the takeaway is definitely that there is something wrong with Sylvanas and whether or not they will not even fix it, but whether or not it will serve a purpose for um, her story in the expansion remains to be seen and I think will determine whether or not it was justified to write her like this in this book. Yeah, I agree. So it's like, it's, so my, my biggest concern, which is, are we doing the horrid leader is the big bad again? Uh, that's still my big concern. And it they has can't. not, it has not been quelled by this book. If anything, I'm more concerned after than I was before. Yeah. I mean, but, but it, it's, if, this was the first time I could have said, oh, yeah, that would be that would be possible. But they can't make you fight a, 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 a war chief again like that. <laughs> there would be outrage bikes and forks in the, forks in the streets. I, I hope so. I, I really do hope so. Oh, and one one last thing is like I'm and this gets in the order hall. So and it, it, I, I, it, it sounds like um, from your questions about was Callio around was fat do we know foul was around that i'm assuming you didn't uh, like just spoil the other order halls for yourself that you didn't play through uh which ones uh did you play through the rogue order hall campaign i did not i don't have a rogue okay all right so my other my other thing that kind of annoyed me during this and this and again i, I this is less a, a thing about uh i think chrissy golden than it is like whatever orders are coming from on high about like what the story is going to be but um mm. Like in the class in the Rogue Order Hall campaign, it's revealed that that uh, that Shaw, the head of SI Seven for the Alliance, was yeah. kidnapped and replaced with a Dreadlord that impersonated him and lured uh, everyone into the trap of attacking the Broken Shore, which is you know where Varian ends up dying. Really? Yes. Like that is a bombshell that is dropped in the Rogue quest line. So. Does nobody on the Alliance know this? Did Shaw, who is now back to actual Shaw again, not be like, oh, hey, guys, by the way, I was Dreadlord. Uh, yeah, you really shouldn't attack uh, Broken Shore. Yeah, it's not the Horde's fault. We were all led into a trap. Uh, they've got to know that. There's no way Shaw hasn't told Anduin that. So how is Anduin and Greymane still having these debates about whether it was the Horde's fault or not? Why did Why did no one say this ever? This is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, it's it's a huge bomb drop. Uh, and frankly, I had I had forgotten about this. Like we covered like when I was doing for Azeroth with, with Jocelyn, we covered this because we did uh, uh, class order hall spoilers for every class order hall. And right. I, I forgot like it was it was so long ago now that I don't I didn't even remember this. And then I was my raid leader Siv is like, hey, dude, uh, do you forget about the whole Shaw thing? Because it feels like it should have come up on the last <laughs> episode. I'm like, holy crap, I completely did. But that's yeah no but you're right this completely changes the way you look at the 
at the broken shore. It yeah. kind of fixes everything. It's it's the out. It's like yeah, yeah, no one's at fault. Like this is straight up. This was the legion manipulating the doing, and they engineered it to be like this. Yeah, this is yeah. I agree. This is a massive. I mean, every rogue knows this. If it's through the rogue campaign, right? Every rogue in in the alliance and Horde. knows that this is what happens, or at least a couple. And it would seem like a super high ranking member of the uh, rogue class who is well regarded by the entire uh, faction would find time to go tell Anduin. It doesn't even need to be and that. By rogue. the way, Shaw your is dad back. said is that's why yeah so that's the other thing is i'm really annoyed that they seem to remember and not remember that at convenient points like yeah like this whole book basically well, plays I mean, out like they didn't know shaw was a dreadlord at one point so when did he become not a dreadlord oh, don't ask me that ask that that's my specific timeline questions okay. i do not know <laughs> i didn't know but him. i mean so the rogues save him or something i believe it's part of the class order hall campaign but i okay. I, I do not want don't quote me on that um i'm sure okay. rogue players uh, will let us know i'm sure they will yeah. um but yeah so anyway overall enjoyable book um some qualms but I'm very curious. Mostly, I'm curious to see how it, uh, how what happens in the expansion is going to justify or not what happens in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me too. It's, it's, it's. When I look at the broad strokes of this book, it's, it's great. It's a pretty damn cool place to leave the state of Azeroth, like politically. Uh, it was just that, uh, like I said, the, the dragging in the middle was just the, the, the act of reading it actively was not the the best <laughs> you should have listened to it on uh on audible I, it was I, the, it was really good the accents were good the reading was you know the narration was really good i really enjoyed that yeah it's the i, I can't remember his name but it's the voice actor that does anduin um mm. was a guy that they tapped for that i've heard it's amazing i i uh this is just like a personal off-topic thing i really like reading paper books because it helps me go to sleep i'm not looking at a screen I'm, I don't have stuff going on in my ears. Like I turn everything off except a reading light and, you know, actually. Fair enough. Okay. That's pile acceptable. Through, pile through some All dead right. trees. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I uh, hope you enjoyed this discussion, everybody. In, in case you're I, I, I just after after last week, which was like a half measure, especially since I was only about halfway <laughs> through the book. I was like, oh, yes, I'm done. We should do a spoiler chat. Oh, there's the instance of getting pushed. I'm going to poke Patrick and see if we can make this happen. So uh, thanks for Thank doing this for last minute with me, Garrett. Dude. Oh, I'll poke you anytime, Patrick. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> it's just I poke, I poke him in the scarf, you know. Just it's got some padding. That's what that's what happens. <laughs> well, alrighty, everybody. Um, I'm, I, 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 a new instance episode should be coming out relatively soon. I'm not sure where, where Scott is putting this, so hope you enjoyed it. Good luck and have fun, everyone. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.